0: Welcome everybody to the one to go show. It is Puka. Once again, joined by Ryan Aho and Bert Lehman. Thank you once again to our friends over at Weir's machine, weir's machine.com. Now, Ryan, I've heard you talking. What's that thing they got? Do
1: you say they've got a spring smasher? Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about a spring smasher. Here's the deal. They didn't have them when I raced. When I raced, you went home, you scaled the car, you put it up on four scales. You, you took all the measurements. Now In a late model, modified, whatever, you can pull the coil over off that has the spring right on it, and then you put it on the smasher, and you can compress it X amount of inches, and it'll give out a load reading. You don't even need to. Johnny Broking, for example, he's like, I've never scaled my car. He goes, I've never (laughs) scaled it. We just put it on there and load test everything. I mean, it just saves people so much time. It's so much more consistent with things, but just another one of those great products they have over there at Wears Machine. so give Chad a call for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. Give Chad a call. Blow up his phones right now, everybody. It's WearsMachine.com. All right, and again, thank you so much, Chad, and everyone down there. Uh, lots of lots of lots of racing. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna recap things like we always do. Give you a little preview about what we you know kind of see a week ahead as far as interesting races. So uh, we're happy to have Ryan Aho here after a busy busy week, and we're wondering if he has a voice left. But we already tested it. Looks like he does. So we're going to start out uh, from about a week ago at Fairbury. Now, an interesting race that they put together, and it's it's been about three, four years since Knoxville changed that date not Knoxville's late model nationals used to be more like the, well, it used to be the same weekend as Ashland. And then they cut it back about three years ago to the same weekend as the legendary 100 and the was 100, which was of course this past weekend. And so you had all these haulers that have been, you know, for the last few years driving with no racing from Eldora over to Knoxville and a gutsy move by the promoters down there in Fairby to do a 15,000 to win one night show during the week. But uh, Bert, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, You know, I was pretty impressed. What were your thoughts?
2: Uh, that place never uh, ceases to amaze me. I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen racing like that. Uh, I mean, they just battle side by side, uh, you know, there's a high side, low side, and it's a small track, close, tight racing. Uh, but it's always exciting racing to watch. And, uh, uh, you know, Brandon Shepard, uh, pulled out the victory, uh, in the late model feature, but, you know, midway through, there's like four cars battling for the lead and, um, uh, you know uh of wisconsin drivers taylor scheffler finished seventh uh in that race which was a good showing for him um and uh i this past weekend i got to talk to taylor um at a different race and he said he's been going to fairberry and it, it's a whole different world down there he said
1: <laughs> yeah I saw. what was well, your take ryan <laughs> well that place is incredible i mean if you're a dirt fan and you have not watched a race at Fairbury, whether it's in person or online, you need to do that. Like, literally, like, just jump on YouTube, type in Falls, Fairbury American Legion Speedway, I believe is what it's called. Unbelievable. Now, the question I have is this, right? We talked to the drivers. I think the drivers in our area, and a lot of them listen to the show, so sorry, but you guys are soft. I'm going to be honest. You guys are soft. <laughs> I mean, everyone, I talked to every one of you this last weekend at Ferguson, you're like, man, I love it. It's smooth. It's black. I'm like, you know, the drivers, they want it. And then I ask them the next question. If you had to pick a race to watch, where would it be? They're like, oh, Fairbury's incredible. I'm like, you wouldn't even unload your race car, right? Because the yes. place got traction. It's got a cushion. It's tacky. It's fast. And they're slide jobbing and bankboarding each other. I'm like, I was laughing at some of these guys. I'm like, you wouldn't even unload. Like, I was talking to my buddy, Mike Bressop, and he, he was up in Rapids. It was really rough Labor Day weekend. And it was, it was rough. I said, he's like, I love that place. I said, would you even unload? He's like, he goes, man, I, I don't know. He goes, that that looks like it's pretty hard on equipment. I said, that's the point. The fans love it. They eat it up. But the drivers are like, oh, we want smooth drive. We want asphalt racing. Unbelievable. But, you know, like Bert said, the late model race was epic. In the middle of that race, I think you had Strickler and Bab, and you had Kid Rocket was in there. Uh, and then you had, I mean, there was there was like four or five of them on I think Overton was Richards. in the next. Yeah, Richards. They were all battling. I mean, <clears throat> and it was slide, job, high, low, all over the racetrack. It was amazing. Bobby Pierce's type of racetrack, right? We pick on him, not so smooth operator, but you get him on a track like that, and he is flat out amazing to watch. 17th to 3rd in the, the modified race. B. Chef obviously won. The modified race was good, too. You know, we talk about late models all the time, but Nick Hoffman's been – about unbeatable I mean the guys just bolted and that Mike McKinney I mean they swapped the lead multiple times throughout the end of the race and he's up banging the cushion and sliding and they're smashing and banging and I mean it was unbelievable to watch and McKinney got a thriller at the line in that one you know the one thing I got for a question though so the racing was great I mean does not disappoint you can anybody can just jump on you know and, and check out the highlights of that race but What's with the heat race? Did you guys watch the – did you watch that whole program? Yeah, are you talking about the Madden one? I am. He made it all the way to one before he stepped on his deck in front of the whole pack. Store. Oh, yellow comes out, they give him a spot back. I'm like, yeah, well, I was going to ask you guys the same thing. What's the call? Is it because
0: they never completed a lap or what?
1: Yeah, from what I understand, and Bert might know the answer to this, but I guess Lucas Oil has a deal where if everybody doesn't take the first lap, then they go back to original restart. Is that kind of a Lucas deal? Bert, do you know anything about that? I don't know. So, <clears throat> so they had original restart. Okay. Now, if, if that's the rule, if it's original restart on lap one, I'm, I'm freaking yard sailing that thing into turn one every single time. <laughs> I'm going to try to pass like eight guys. I'm going to do a turbo um, Tyler herb slide job and try to slide job like seven guys in the first corner. Okay. And if it don't work, Oh, well, screw it. I'll just stop in the corner, get my spot back, and we'll get a do-over. Stupid-ass rule. Stupid. Just stupid. Why would they even have that rule? I mean, if somebody causes the L, you go to the back of the pack. You can't be giving people their spot back. But other than that, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, I was very surprised at that. I'm glad you brought that up because I was flabbergasted. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, What else did I have here? Oh, did you know promoters? Weeknight show, like I said, gutsy move. Fifteen thousand dollars to win. Looked like they had a good crowd, not necessarily a great crowd, but did you notice? They're there to see the late models. What did they run first on their weeknight program? The late models. You know, you know. Well, yeah, that's because the late, late models.
1: No, 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 no. Late models are support. Oh, class, go, it's the main event. See, you go to WWE, <laughs> the main event. You go to boxing, all that, right? WWE, um, <laughs> UFC, the main events last. The modified's were last, McKinney, Hoffman, Thriller. Uh, that that's what it was. You, you guys, I mean, you you're leaving that intermission because it's past your bedtime and you ain't gonna cut it. I mean, you gotta we gotta that that's why we have things like Dirt Race Central, so you can watch it the next day, right? When you're up at four o'clock in the morning. 4 a.m. That, that's for you, right? The premier class ran last. <laughs> One thing to note too is speaking
0: of that, you know, kind of a tacky hammer down track, only eight late models finished the race. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I thought that and I went by the next day I thought about it. I went back and looked out. Yeah, eight eight cars finished. But um, yeah, like you said, Fairberry just doesn't disappoint.
1: And that might be why the drivers are like, I love watching it. I don't think I would want to race there. Um uh, because Strickler was bolted well. again. He was fast, he was in the top, he was battling for the lead. And he ended up ripping a J-bar out. I think he spit a drive shaft. Or for sure, he ripped the J-bar out and shoved the rear end over That's why he broke. But uh, so it's hard on equipment. You better have a big checkbook. But it's entertaining for sure.
2: It's funny that you talk about drivers who wouldn't unload the race there. Uh, I also interviewed uh, Rick Scheffler, who's Taylor's dad. And, you know, I asked him why they were going down to Illinois more this year to race. They've been racing a lot more at Fairbury and Farmer City. And he said, because I want him to learn how to drive on the high side, because around here, everybody just kind of, you know, hugs the bottom. And down there, you have to, if, if you want to be successful, you have to race on the cushion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Ryan, You talked about that. You said that some of the drivers complained to you and said, well, you know, Ryan, you've been talking about the cushion on the one to go show tracks. We race that we don't have cushions. You know? So, I mean, but you know, falls never disappoints. I got one every week. All right.
1: Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Bert, you for fall brawl? Brawl? Yeah. But out of gamey fall brawl. He's like, I just call it the Seymour special. He says, so the out of gamey fall brawl at Seymour um, you were there right you were at that show yes you know talk, let's yes talk I was about
2: that I actually watched a little bit of it but uh you were there second. I was there uh, there was like they had seven divisions they had like 230 some cars I believe uh, started racing at uh, five o'clock and they were still racing at uh, at 11 and uh, I mean with no intermission no breaks. I mean they were just it was just constant Uh it was The track was really dry from the get go. uh, So I was a little worried about what the racing was gonna be uh, come feature time. Uh, It was black from top to bottom, but I mean, there's multiple grooves, uh, which was good. Um, Mike Mullen won, this was a Dirt Kings race. Uh, Mike Mullen uh, won the Dirt Kings feature. Uh, He started on the outside pole and uh, Mullen is a throttle masher. And he likes to run the cushion and, uh, that's where he ran during the race. And, uh, and he won, uh, Nick Avalink finished second and it was a few shows ago. Ryan asked me if Nick ever runs a high side and he tried it a little bit, but he, he raced more, more in the middle of the track, uh, on the, there are several restarts and he tried to dive in low and, you know, do the slide job, but Mullen was just too quick for him. And, uh, and another podium finish for Kyle Rudant. Uh, so, you know, it's only a second year in a late model. And, uh, you know, he, he's looking pretty good. Um, it was funny because after, after the late model heats, uh, late model pulled in on an open trailer. And it was a car number 44. And I, I was joking with you guys. I sent you guys a text that Madden just showed up in an <laughs> open trailer. Well, as it turns out, it was Dan Sleeper who showed up. Uh, I, I'm I know he raced a couple years ago in a Scheffler car at the George Scheffler Memorial race, but uh yeah, he showed up, raced a concept, missed making the feature by one position. So uh, you know, that was kind of kind of cool to see that. Uh Mike Mullen also won the modified feature, so uh, he won two races that night. And um, in the sport mod feature, uh uh, Jaden Schmidt won his 15th IMSA Sport Mod Feature of the Year. He's a 17-year-old. He won two track Ooh. championships this year, uh, finished second in an, at another track. Uh, he's going places. Uh, he's going to be a top driver. Uh, there was an interest with probably about five laps to go. There was a restart, and he was starting, I think he was starting fourth, and he pulled to the inside of the car in front of him, and from the stands, you can't necessarily see it from the video, but from the stand, you could tell that he knew that he had to back off and you could tell that he let up, um, but it was really close. And I guess I'd like to hear your opinion, Ryan. On Do you think he jumped the start? No,
1: he did not jump the start. He did exactly what you okay. said. He okay. pulled out a line and he lifted so that he wouldn't jump the start. Now, the question I have watching that deal, right? Is there's clearly a reason that he's got 15 feature wins, and then Yahoo's in front of him, don't, right? Because when you're leading on the restart, and you're in the second row, what in the hell are they doing driving through three and then driving all the way up by the wall in four? And then, like, what are they doing? Have they not have they not watched the race? You drive into three, you turn, and you point that wheel right at the flag stand, and then you come down the track and go. That's exactly what he was going to do. He went up, he turned it, he went to go underneath and he's like, where the hell are these guys going? And like, they didn't fire. He let them go. Then he pulled back in line. That's not on him. The kid has track awareness. He's looking at that. He knew what to do. That's what you do. You watch every single national series. You watch late models. You watch sprint cars. They're all turning it and rolling down the track on the start. And these guys were like, I have no idea what they were doing. None. I have no idea what they were doing on the start. I actually looked at the Facebook page, and there were some people giving him a little bit of grief. And uh, it's like, guys, this 17-year-old kid is just flat out better than you. You better get used to it. And uh, that's the way I look at it. Yeah,
0: that, okay. that reminded me a lot of that deal with Ashton Winger at the Firecracker. Remember when he yeah. got caught? I mean, it was the same kind of thing. He just he just kind of got out of line, like you said, Ryan. He got out of line,
1: oh. but they hammered him for that. So They did. They, they hammered him, but I think Winger stayed in the pump. Right. He stayed in the gas. This guy here, he hit the gas and then he kind of like he almost wore up the whole field behind him because everybody did what he did, except for the guys in front of him. And, and I get it. You're supposed to technically stay in line and follow the guy. But my goodness, I mean, be, again, get back to being in the right groove on the racetrack. I mean, I mean, you can't be driving through the middle of the slick and marbles on the restart, turn the car, come down the hill. So he knew what to do. The people in front of him had no clue what to do, and uh, he hit the brakes. Now, had he kept going, he would have had the lead right away, and they would have either docked him or put him to the back. But he, because he didn't advance himself on that deal, they made the right call because he caught himself before advancing position, and I, and I think the right call was made. And he put on a hell of, hell of a show at the end, you know, swapping the lead back and, yes. <laughs> and taking that deal at the line. That was good stuff. That was fun to watch
2: yeah we're several shows ago we were talking about about slide jobs and yeah they, they were swapping slide jobs back and forth the last few laps and that's one thing about jaden schmidt um he's not afraid to to put it on the cushion and he's not afraid to race to low i mean he'll race it anywhere on the track and he'll drive to find different lines whatever the fastest line is and to me you can tell a smart racer when they're when you can see them searching on the track for a different line and uh, you know it, it was fun to watch those last few laps
1: and if you're listening to this on the podcast jump on the facebook page and actually watch the show because we just played a clip of this and you can make the call you can determine what you think i played the clip and then obviously you see the last couple laps of this great race but uh you make the call on this one
0: yeah, or if you're a preteen and don't have Facebook because you only have Snapchat, we're not on Snapchat, go to our YouTube page too, the one to go show. Uh, Bert, I did want to ask you this, Mike Mullins, what age is he, roughly? I would say he's in his 30s. Oh, um, well, he's, he's like, I mean, that. if I've learned one thing from doing this show for the last 47 weeks, it's like this Mike Mullins is like the best kept, to me, because I hadn't heard of him, like one of the best kept dirt racer secrets in all of Wisconsin. He, does he just not like traveling?
2: Um, no, I mean, he travels. Um, he races for somebody. He doesn't own his own cars. So uh, he has a car owner who owns his uh, modified. The same car owner owns the modified and the late model. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Brian Mullen. Uh, he's, a, he's one of the better known IMC modified drivers from eastern Wisconsin. Uh, that would be Mike Mullen's dad. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, you know, racing is in, definitely in his blood, um, but I mean, they travel around like, he, like they, they'll just, they just kind of race where they want to go race for fun. Um, they tried racing late models several years ago and he had a lot of success right away. Uh, he actually won one of the NASCAR features yeah. uh, at Nationals weekend, right. probably about four years ago, maybe five years ago and uh i mean the guy can wheel a wheel a race car i wish that they would race the late model more often
0: <laughs> well that's what, that's what i mean who shows up at cedar lake the weekend of the nationals wins one of the races and never comes back
1: i mean ryan who does that i mean think about <laughs> <laughs> never what comes the back. effort does he is he was soda legal or does he kind of have more of an open motor program in that deal with uh with a restrictor do you know
2: I'm not sure. Um, I know it's an it's, uh, MP Customs chassis, uh, you know, Jibby Mars, and those guys put the car together. And uh, But I'm not quite sure what they have for a motor. He was at Plymouth
1: the night there was a Battle Royale, wasn't he? Wasn't he running, battling for the lead? Yes, run?
2: he's the one who did the wheelie. Yeah, he was freaking bolted there, too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. when he monster yes. truck, that guy, went over the top of him, like, holy cow, right? But he was really good that night, too. He might have been might have been the fastest car on the racetrack.
2: right i mean i it, if he would race the late model on a regular basis i believe you'd be one of the top drivers um in the area definitely
0: all right mike mullins early october what is the second and third there's a there's a little place in wisconsin called ashland follow <laughs> nick anvilink up there bring your stuff <laughs> if you need to borrow a motor mars probably has 10 of them ask him for one get up there we'd love to see it i I can't believe he's only in his 30s i mean this guy's still i mean he hasn't even reached his full potential yet so i mean i would love to see him racing around wisconsin more and we're going to talk about late model numbers a little later but you know that's a guy that i'd love to see weekly in a late model and you know maybe find his way out of the you know three county area (laughs) a little more often (laughs) so all right are we ready to move to another uh wisconsin uh piece of real estate yeah, let's go right. legendary. legendary. Yeah. <laughs> so the Legendary 100 down at Cedar Lake Speedway. Uh, Ryan, do you want to start on this one?
1: <laughs> the X Factor. I tell you what, that is his, it is currently his residence. The Cedar Lake Speedway is owned by Jesse Glenn's. Okay. He allows other people to race there, but he owns that place. Five late model wins there this year. Got her done again in the late model. I mean, he was bolted. Um, one of the few guys that really passed. It wasn't real racy. Daryl Nelson came up on the bottom, but Glenn's was the first guy to find that high side to really carry that momentum. Obviously, he won the modified race as well. I mean, Jesse Glenn's was the class of the field. I want to give a, a big shout-out to my buddy Dave Flynn because I'm a superstar guy. He tracked down multi-time national champ Kurt Myers, who actually built his car, and drove by him at the line to win the Superstock portion. Um, great racing. Their big car calls, late model count. I'll let you get into that, Puka. It was extremely disappointing, right? I mean, there was no late models there. I think it ended up being 18 or 19 on, on 19, Yeah. yeah. 19. Not a good deal. But uh, all in all, I mean, that's really what I got. Jesse Glenn's was amazing. I mean, he was bolted in both cars. So, uh, what did you guys get out of that?
2: Go ahead, Bert. Okay, I just want this is a one-negotio exclusive X Factor. What? Did you do this that? Is, this is actually the 2019 version that I've been working on when I had time the last few months. Uh, Very nice. I like I like the way his car looks, and he's been I've been kind of saving this until he had a big win. So I think this is a. Uh, as good a time nice. as any to and, debut And Bert in. said he's giving that away to our next ten thousand dollar <laughs> advertiser.
0: You sign an annual contract, Bert's sending that to you for free. So you know, Bert Lehman on
2: Facebook. There you go. So there you, go. you can even buy well, for nice, that one. one. Very
1: nice.
2: <laughs> very very nice. But uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean he he just continues to uh, impress at Cedar Lake Speedway. Um, Giassi, I I can imagine he's wishing that. uh, that uh glens wouldn't show up and race there anymore
1: <laughs> you know what's kind of neat though is is the camaraderie them two have in victory lane you know I, I think they both mentioned it you know that hey i'm glad that james was second we were both top two and and james kind of said the same thing you know hey i'm happy that my buddy jesse won you know so they're i mean they're tight and it's really good to see that two of the well the two top guys basically all year at cedar are really tight and they're both young guns
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah, for sure. And getting back to that late model car count, it just, yeah, 19. And I started thinking, I mean, who was really missing? I mean, I was surprised Massengill went to King of Dirt because just that he's raced at Cedar Lake so many times this year. So I was a little surprised there. Um, the Hannisteads weren't there. Uh, talked to Birderman. Hannah
1: Steads and, and uh, I talked to Buddy and I said, you guys, where are you guys going? He says, we ain't going anywhere. And uh, he said he said basically they don't pay, they weren't paying enough for their liking. I don't know what their deal is. Like they just aren't. Uh, I got Brit muted there, so we can unmute. But they just did not feel like racing there. They're going to the red clay. Um, they might even go this weekend, and pay a little bit more. Um, was I don't think Jake Tim was there, so I, I don't know oh, if he had no, a Jake Tim. Jim Bruggerman had his late mall out a little right. bit. You know, I didn't see In him Canada, there. We'll get into this, but I, we'll just talk about it now. Canto went to Fergus, okay? Yeah. Right. And he was terrible on day one. It was not – he got in a heat that was kind of locked out or in a qualifier that was locked down. And because of the format, he up and left and went to Cedar to try, you know, to try to get in. I think uh, he, he made – obviously, everybody made it in the feature, But he didn't have a great run at Cedar. But he did leave Fergus uh, after a Thursday night show and go to Cedar Lake for the rest of it. Otherwise, I mean, it was not – I mean – but really there's no late models in wisconsin there's two wissota late model tracks there's superior there's menominee and then cedar lake is it's not a wissota late model track because it's not wissota but it's kind of the i mean it's the same format the same rules but that's it back when eastern wisconsin and and wissota late model racing really misses that when you had the guys from shano and seymour and I guess it was Oshkosh back then, right? Speed, Oshkosh, what is it? Sunview Speed Zone. And some of them guys came over, but the only, there's only a couple of them that ever make the trip anymore. And and realistically, I mean, if you think back to all those big shows like the 100 when it was at Cedar, there was a, there was 10 or more of those guys from Eastern Wisconsin that would make the trip, you know? So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, like you said, there's some trouble in late model world in, you know, dirt late models, And then, you know, we'll talk about later, like there's lots of asphalt late models in Wisconsin and those guys just get better and better and keep moving up the ranks. And, and we're just trying to, you know, hold on to late model racing on dirt by the thread. So anything else on uh, the legendary?
1: All right. We can have something on the late models there or did you already mention it? No, oh, no, that, yeah, you did. Was, that,
2: uh, yeah, that was that was the that, hot was, that was the X factor. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Even with with the black rims, right? Well,
0: Blacked I guess out. I guess one final th- one final thought on Cedar Lake is, like I said, Daryl Nelson had a good run. Right, what ninth to
1: third? Yeah, and he Saturday was in night. second. He was in second till the end. He was running right yeah. on the bottom, and uh, he said he went away a little bit at the end, and Giassi got him. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: I mean. What do you think? I mean, we're coming down to the end here. Is he going to get a win on the late model in 2020?
1: Um, It's getting tougher. It's getting tougher. It's getting I mean, tough. he's been really good at Cedar. He's been, like, the third best car there for a while. Is If Jesse Glens and Giassi both, like, decide not to go this weekend, he could win. <laughs> um, the Red Clay is a place that maybe he could win, and then I'm guessing he's done. Unless Superior races, they have that deal scheduled for for the fall if, if Mother Nature cooperates. He might get that one, but he doesn't have many races left to do. He's been there all year, but has one or zero wins in that 44 in the late model. But uh, still, a good season. But I think that he traded for a few wins for sure.
0: Yeah, it'd be many, many, many years since he did not win in a late model. Many, many years. I bet you 20 years are better. It's got to be, you know. I, I so, yeah, say- it'd be interesting. Yeah, interesting to see. All right, so Ryan, you were hot and heavy at the King of Dirt, right in Victory Lane, right everywhere you needed to be. I mean, thank you for all the Facebook Lives. You know, uh, a lot of content was pumped out, so most of you got updates, you know, Thursday,
1: Friday, and Saturday. So go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, we found a little something with the setup. The car was good. I made it to Victory Lane after every single race (laughs) at the King of Dirt at the I-94 Speedway. I mean, Sebrasky, whatever i i was way more <laughs> in than that guy was right but uh what a show it was fun long races so i got a whole bunch of notes and i'm gonna kind of go through this quickly and I, I know you guys first of all puka did you watch any of that on dirt race central Oh yeah yeah
0: i watched yep. uh late, late yeah mods supers okay. yeah i watch i watch the late models every night okay I pretty much everything on for uh saturday night
1: all right, so I'll kind of roll through it. I mean, it was the Dick Johannock Memorial. Dick Johannock owned Polydome. They used to remember the Polydome Late Model Series that they had. It was kind of the World Racing. What was it called? The you World Racing Group. Yeah, yep. So he was involved with the World that. Racing
0: League. Was it World Racing League? The,
1: World Racing yeah, League. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. One of them. No, WD, WD. Was it WDRL? World Dirt Racing League? WDLR, At, or World Dirt Late Model Racing, right? L- WDL.
0: R- I- anyway, W-I-L. it was a late model series, right? I call, I know. That's all I know. All
1: right. So light like, um, fairly light crowd. They ran Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Kind of in, you know, it's hard to really tell because it's kind of like Cedar. It's got grandstands all the way around. The the whole R V parking was jam-packed. Um, format wise, I think that he probably won't do that same format again um a lot of complaints about the amount of laps in the qualifying races oh. 25 lap qualifying races and if you remember the qualifying races at i94 paid zero right i think they got a hundred dollar bill of the yeah. winner and i don't think anybody else got anything so with all of the laps that they're running they were burning up tires like crazy i talked to burdick and he said it cost me almost two grand to even run to run the whole show and that's a super yeah so they burnt up a lot of tires um you know, so that was an issue. The track is hard, you know, and I don't know how deep the material is, but it seemed to rubber up really fast. Um, the first two nights, they had to farm it three times, I believe, to get the rubber off the track to get it back to racing. The features were amazing. I thought all the feature races on Saturday were fantastic. So, whatever they learned the first two nights, it was definitely better on the third night. Um, great facility. Guys, if you have not been to the I-94 Sure Step Speedway, it's beautiful. I mean, that is, It's another – it's the western Minnesota version of Cedar Lake. I mean, it is absolutely a phenomenal place. One thing that really stuck out in Puka, you would have appreciated this, is the record crew. I have never in my life seen a record crew that fast every single time. I mean, the minute something happened, boom, they were on the track. And they were – I mean, they were quick. There was one deal where a guy rolled over. Yeah, that's big hats off because the program went long. But if they would have had a record crew like some other tracks have, they would have been racing at five in the morning, right? But absolutely impressed by the record crew. I mean, that's not – hey, it's not racing news, but it is racing news because people listening to this are race fans, and they get sick of watching records go up there and kind of dilly-dally around. I mean, they were on the ball. Um, another thing is – I'm just going to be honest with you. The atmosphere of invite time, I love it. I love it. It's, it's like my favorite part of the whole racing season because – you had that whole atmosphere all, the whole weekend. You had the camping, the bonfires, the barbecuing. You had the fistfights. Heck, there was a fist fight in the grandstands. You had, oh, you had, oh man, somebody <laughs> got his ass oh, kicked. There was a gal videotaping and she's like, "Get telling this guy, can you get out of the way? And it just escalated and it got way out of hand. I, that guy got thumped pretty good. I don't know all the details, but you had all that. You had the bonfires. <laughs> I mean, You you know up till five six seven in the morning. I mean the sun was coming up. Hot Carl was I think still drunk at race time. I'm not really sure. You know so I mean the the whole atmosphere though of people all around. I mean it just it brought me back to all the years that I raced. Actually really it brought me back to the years before I raced because when I raced I was focused on getting the car ready. Hyper focused on racing. And here it's like, man, I had great conversations with so many people that I ain't seen in a long time. So that was awesome. Now we'll get, uh, we'll get to the racing now. Okay. So that I think, yeah. The only other thing is, like I said, I mean, it was one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Puka, you would have had an absolute meltdown. I mean, it was <laughs> late, late, late. I was going to, I did a recap show the one night and I'm like, I ain't even going to do a recap show. Cause it's like two thirty, three in the morning by the time I was going to do one. I'm like, I don't, I think like I'm the only person on Facebook. Puka would have been getting up in the morning and
2: watching (laughs) that. But uh, before you you get to the results, Uh, do you know how, how many people that grandstand seats? total I
1: don't, I don't i want to say it's probably got to be seven eight thousand i mean it's, it's okay because fantastic. i mean
2: it looks huge because like i was telling you and by, by text there's nobody there it looks like there's 50 people there but those it does because the camera angle
1: huge. dirt race central was there videotaping and ben is actually on the roof okay so they got a roof and he's on the roof videotaping so when he's shooting down at the track when you get the whole track you don't get 99% of the grandstands. You just get the bottom third of it, and nobody sat in the bottom third. Why would you when you can sit up higher, see, see better? So, I mean, you're right. When I looked at the videotape, I'm like, it literally looks like there's 50 people here. You're exactly right. <laughs> but uh, I think that Saturday was pretty good. Um, I would say that they were close, you know, 1,500 is what they could have. And I would say they were probably within striking distance of hitting that 1,500. Um, I can see why the the 100 would have been tough because that's a double pay, and I don't think they would have had enough people there to cover that. But uh, great car, 244 cars, seven classes. The late models, the biggest thing there is where the heck were the Dakota cars, right? That's that's the question I have. I, I got on my list here from North Dakota. You had Dan Dolling. You had Dustin Hapka. You had Cole Schill. And you had a a 41, I don't remember his name, he's a rookie, and then three of the Myers were from Wahpeton, North Dakota, so they're basically hometown guys. But that whole Grand Forks NLRA group, where were they? I have no idea. Like, none of them came down. South Dakota, you had Cole Searing, DJ Tesh, you had uh, the 20T of uh, Trevor Walsh, and then you had uh, X, you had Chuck Swenson, old legend, right, coming back from from racing, but no, you had none. You had no Ward. You had no exactly. Becker. Right? You had no Arment. You had no Gelling. You had no Scorzese. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, if it would have been the 100, you'd probably had another 15 late models, and they already had double what Cedar Lake had. You know, so you'd have probably seen your 50 late models if it was a Wasoda 100. I don't know if they were shying away because of the format. I don't know, but I mean, very few Dakota cars there, which. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. It was 5087 to win. It was a good pay, and the payout for the future was stellar. But I I just don't get it. I don't understand. Um, Ebert, Bolton. Dan Ebert, he's been looking really good, actually, in that car throughout. I mean, he had a win there from, like, 13th or whatever a few weeks back, and uh, he doubled up. He won the mod and the late. Um, Jeffrey Masson, and Cole Searing, as you can see, they're creeping up in the power rankings. Massengill, i think the first night 13th to second in the qualifier and then of course on the feature night i think he was back and i think he was started eighth and he faded a little bit on the start and then he charged up to the front late in that deal and got second cole searing i believe got fourth dave moss third so that was so again the people that we've been talking about in the power rankings they're on it they're on it there's no doubt and we already talked about canta so that's what i have on the late models there you know, you guys watched it. You know, what did you take away from the from the late model racing at the King of Dirt?
2: Go ahead, Bert. Go ahead. Well, I mean, for me, uh, it was an opportunity for me to watch drivers that I hear you guys talk about a lot, uh, but you know, I don't know much about. So, so for me, it it was fun to watch that because you know, like Dave Moss and you know some of these other drivers I've really never seen race before. Uh, but yeah the racing was was good I mean like you said I mean the track was hard and I mean black from top to bottom but uh, there were multiple lanes for drivers to race race on and um, and I'm and who won again I can't remember and Dan Ebert <laughs> yes that's right and and Moss was second and Moss could hang with the third. Okay, well, through the first part of the race, Moss could hang with them, but couldn't get by him. My, um, my boy, my boy
1: was, got him at the line. Bert. Moss was second till the end,
2: and, okay, and after Mastigil, right. well, he and got him the at the line. Too. I was watching. It's like I was watching, and where's Mastengill? I don't see him. I don't see him. And then at the end, there he was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can hear on the tape, um, and, and uh, we just—if you're listening to this on the podcast—jump on the show because I just played the clip. But you can actually hear Ron say, where did Massingill come from? Because, I mean, he was back <laughs> in like seventh with a few laps to go. And he's going through and he's like, whoa, Massingill to the inside of Moss. And he took second away. So, so he really came on at the end of that race.
0: Yeah, let me just say, Ryan, you did a great job, and that announcer I think does a great job too. He's got that real raspy. He's got like that. Is he? Is he a DJ? Is or, or disc jockey? I mean, or a, uh, he a, a announces.
1: Uh, he actually announces multiple tracks. He does Wilmer I ninety four Viking Speedway. He's been announcing forever and ever and ever okay. and ever. He's like their so, Freddie Fram down there, is what he is. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he does a he does a great job, and yeah, like I said, Moss I think continues to impress. A guy that hasn't had a ton of time in the late model. So that was one thing I took from it. And, you know, Don Shaw racing. I was wondering if he would race. I was a bit surprised. I wasn't, but I was, you know, you're putting, it's a slippery slope when you got a promoter out there on the track.
1: Uh, I don't think he finished even feature night, but did he win one of the qualifying nights? Well, he did win one of the qualifiers. He should have won the first night. I think he was going to win. He was either going to win or he was right in second. I'd have to look again, but he broke a fan blade. And then it started to vibrate on him. And he's like, well, I'm up here. I got to stay out here. And it vibrated so bad. The freaking water pump fell off. (laughs) So he was done. He was done. So yeah, he, he struggled. He pulled off in the future. He was fast, but just too many little things happened. And, And he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off all weekend.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be tough. Yeah. So, but no, I agree. It looks like a fantastic facility. I'd like to, you know, get down there at some point now there's the i-94 in fergus there was another i-90 or i-94 in fergus there was wasn't there another i-94 and what sock center
1: sock center same owner so a little history on both of them they were dirt they were both originally dirt nick johannock owned both they were both asphalt for a long time and then i ninety. I think sock center went back to dirt first and then Fergus falls went back to dirt and I 94 in sock. They're both I 94 speedway. Cause obviously they're right on I 94 and sock center closed down a few years ago. Now um, that place yeah. is no yeah. longer even a racetrack.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. Cause I remember you could see the sink well, sock center went from the highway there, you know, yeah. and then I remember yeah. when it went asphalt and all that. So, okay. But yeah, looks like a great facility. That'll be a, That'll be on the uh, wish list someday to get down there.
1: Yeah, you got to right. get there. The Modifieds, uh, of course, we talked about Dan Eber. He won the Modified feature, class of the field. He was bolted. But was he the class of the field? Okay? Because there's two guys. One, Don Isens. Won a qualifier day one. He had a straightaway lead on day two. I think he started like third row. He would have been, been in the redraw for sure. Absolutely bolted, grenaded an engine on the last lap. And uh, so he was done. The Iceman did not. No luck there for the Iceman. But another guy, Johnny Brokey. Okay? Now, that was my preseason pick to win it all this year. He's going to be the national champ. Of course, there's no Wasoda points. He did win three track championships. But let's be honest, when he raced against the cream of the crop most of the year, he was on the outside looking in. I mean, he was there, but not there. Stars had to align. He just wasn't very good. Well, they changed a whole bunch of stuff on their car, trying some new technology and some new stuff. And it was just... Not very good all year long. They went back to their old setup for this race, and that thing was freaking bolted. In fact, he got to second. He got by Kane and La Traffic. He got to second. He started to track down Ebert. Yellow comes out right? James Trantina, who runs a mod, actually owns Collins Brothers Towing, actually a new owner of the Granite City Speedway. Okay, he just bought that. Ooh. Yep, so he's got all kinds of stuff going on. Well, he's the main sponsor for Ebert. Well, they just left him, right? He pulls up next to Ebert on the, on the restart, and he's like, like pointing, like, get to the bottom. Get to the bottom. So on the restart, Ebert about runs over the nose of Johnny Broking. Broking slides back a few spots, and it completely messed him up. And Ebert got a good run, went back to the high side, drove away. But had he not done that, Johnny Broking was driving by him and winning that race. I'm telling you, he was absolutely rocket fast. And I was, I was talking to Bob about that today. And he was like, he's like, it kind of pisses me off a little bit. He goes, but I guarantee, if I was in the same situation and Johnny was there and I, he lapped me, I would have done the same thing. So I get it, you know. He goes, but it just stung a little bit because he had a legitimate shot to win. But I talked to Johnny and Bob, and they're like, man, the cars they actually feel way better. I wish we would have went back a long time ago. But uh, hats off to Dan Ebert. I mean, class act, op- class act operation to win the King of Dirt in both. I mean, that was over a $9,000 payday and two features for them. So pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, total stud. Yeah, I kind of thought Kane would take that one. But, uh, you know, he just – he led, I think he probably led the most laps, but he just uh, couldn't get her done. Bert, any comments on the mods?
2: Actually, I didn't watch the mod feature.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, Roy. I'm the, the, the boy
2: Bert. I'm going to boycott Bert,
1: seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Midwest Mods, no, yeah. You know, so, again, coming into the weekend, Shane Sabraski was at 698 career feature wins, and he was driving the easy one car for Randy Logie. And, and he actually started, he faded back a little bit. Corey Stork, he's a young gun. He runs at Viking Speedway. He runs at Fergus. He was just humping on the high side, right? Yellow comes out, and... I'm telling you, this might have been the race of the night because Sebraski rolled inside, and Sabrasky take the lead, and charging back by him would be Corey Stork on the high side, and they swapped the lead back and forth, and the cushion was a little bit like a curb. Like, if you hit it wrong, you'd shove the nose, and Stork did that just a couple too many times to, to basically be in position to win, and he was, I mean, he was fast. He was right with Shane, but after the Midwest Mod feature was done, feature win number 699 of his career, Sabraski got her done. So that was a pretty cool deal. Now, before we get into the supers, one of the heavy favorites getting into that deal, and this is going to be another one of those fans, you make the call. And again, if you listen to this on podcast, go to the Facebook page, watch the video clip that I'm talking about right now. And then you decide what you think happened here. Okay. Now, the track champion, Brock Runwald, this, this guy's a wheelman. He wins a lot of races, rubs a few people the wrong way once in a while. I think that's probably why I like him. He's a lot like me. He's not afraid to use you up a little bit if he has to. Well, on day one, he was patient at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, he started charging to the front, right? And he slide job like three guys, like a Tyler Irv slide job, getting into three, cleared them all, cleared them all, got to the outside. And B mods, guys, keep in mind, this is B mods, right? Four wide down the front straightaway. I literally turn my head. I'm like, this ain't going to be good. Like, like there's, <laughs> something's going to happen here for sure. It's b They can't be side-by-side, side, let alone four wide. And mayhem occurs getting into turn one. Grunwald gets spun around. Everybody piles up. Grunwald to the back. Now, you just watch the clip there, fans. You make the call if he got the right call or not. And uh, let's just say he was not really happy. Okay? His bad luck continued. Night number two in the qualifier, I think he ripped a J bar out. I I believe it was a J bar, but he DNF'd on night number two. Night number three, he's in the B main. And, you know, he's kind of coming up through the field, but you could tell he just wasn't very good. And there's a restart in this Grady Shear guy. This is my Ryan's rank. Again, you make the call. I'm playing this clip here, too, so you can look at it and you decide what you think. But I'm telling you right now that if I was Brock Grunwald, I would have taken a sledgehammer over to this guy's car and I would have smashed the carburetor off and then I would have kicked him in the freaking teeth, okay? That's what I would have done, all right? Like, this guy's a moron. Now, I don't know their history or whatever, right? But he, plain as day, drove through Grunwald coming off a four they get he didn't wreck them there so they get down into turn one and as you can see on the video he just land blasts them into the fence coming into turn one how grunwald even finished that race i have no idea then they black flag him, and the clown goes down the front straightaway waving to the crowd posts all over facebook he goes man you know a little bit of revenge twenty dollars well worth it right you know and i mean it was i mean it was wide open like he did it on purpose that facebook post has now been deleted i wish i would have Uh, screenshotted it right but here's the deal if you got a problem with somebody take them all back let's let's go right but using a car as a battering ram that's a good way to get somebody hurt that's that is absolutely uncalled for Wasoda needs to take a look at that tape he in my opinion he needs to be suspended fine he needs to be like on there needs to be something done about that deal because when you're intentionally going out there trying to stuff people into the wall if Wasoda ain't gonna handle it, the dude needs an ass kicking. Is what he needs. Somebody needs to just like throttle stomp him, you know, or maybe my buddy Lauren Inman get on and do a carb stomp like he did in Procter one night. Something needs to happen because that I don't know. I don't know him at all, right? But what he did there, I'm telling you, that, that's that was that was kind of a BS move right there. He's lucky. He's lucky. Brock Runwall is not a big brawler type of guy because that guy would have been picking up teeth for sure.
0: He must be a Tyler Erb fan.
1: <laughs> Maybe oh he hit him a hell of a lot harder than Tyler Herb did. <laughs> Tyler Erb tried to tee him up, and this guy like literally teed him up. I mean, it was it was an ugly deal. Did you guys get to see that yourself? I didn't
2: see that. No, I didn't. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, so I will. Again, I'm excited. you you'll be able to
1: see it. I just played the clip here. I mean, so you can take a good look at it here, and you can kind of decide what you think. Now you know, and then uh, there was a couple other classes there. I'm gonna talk about the super stocks in, in detail. You know, but, you know, the limited late models, again, Puka's favorite class, they <laughs> were mayhem, and that feature was about three times longer than the rest because they destroyed stuff, right? The, the short trackers, uh, one thing I like about Fergus, their short trackers are, are basically Hornets, but they're non-sanctioned, which is smart, and that was a good race. Um, so the street stock race was really good. I thought maybe Justin Vogel was going to get her done. He came up a little bit short, but the super stock race, this is where the drama occurred again, right? Shane Sabraski coming into the super stock feature. He has 699 and he has 699 career wins, 39 on the year. He starts fourth. He hits the gas on the start, goes straight backwards. And the track, I mean the bottom, they had farmed it. It was still greasy down there. Yellow comes out. Here's Shane parked on the front straightaway. He's like ready to brawl with an official. He's like trying to get him to come over. He's, Shane don't get mad, but he was mad. Like, and then he's like, They said, get in line. He's like, well, I better think better of this deal and get back in line. And then what happens next is just craziness. Dave Moss jumps out to the lead. It looks like he's going to be tough to beat. Runs over something, right rear flat. He's done. Don Isens gets the lead. That car looked absolutely bolted, overheated. He pulls off. Kevin Burdick from eighth or ninth drives into the lead. He looked really good. And then then here comes the 7-8. Chasing them down, tracking them inside. I mean, they're battling, slides them. Burdick gets underneath, some contact getting into one. And you can see on the tape, you know, Sabrasky kind of, he he, he didn't do anything wrong. He came in, he was arcing to the bottom, and I don't think Burdick anticipated him going low. So Verdict got into him, and he kind of woed up to let him go. He didn't bankboard past him. But at the end of the day, Shane Sabrasky, career win, 700 um congratulations i mean that's a I, here i thought i thought i won a lot of races and he's like way more than me i mean and he's a class act couldn't, couldn't happen to a better guy but the end of the race was very interesting did you guys get to see the end of this one
2: yes i did
1: so this one i, I did see there you go super <laughs> I, I love you again right so as you can see on the tape here that we just that we just played as you can see <laughs> Timmy Johnson slide jobs into second. And you know Timmy's going to chuck some sliders. Burdick's chucking sliders. That's just the way it is. But they, they come into one and two on the last lap. Timmy slides up. Burdick rolls the middle. Brandon Dolman on the bottom. And they come down the back straightaway. A little contact made part way down. They get into three. And there goes Timmy Johnson upside down. And uh, it, he was okay, which is good. Uh, tore up the car pretty good. Sounds like it's going to be fixable. But they were not happy. And, again, I got two different clips here that you can see. I I just showed the in-car version of Jeff Krause, who – good job to him, by the way, 22nd to 4th. Great run for Cruiser. Um, But he had the in-car camera, and you can see the angle here from his, and you can kind of determine what happened there to cause that rollover. And then, of course, the footage we have here from Dirt Race Central that shows the whole overview. So there's a couple things here where you can look at. Fans, you make the call on this one. And uh, just put in the comments what you think. But let's just say the stock feature did not disappoint Shane Sabrasky at 700 feature wins on his career and counting. And he's at 40. I said 50. I said 50 or more. You guys said under. He's still got about a month left. I, I tell you what, I- it's going to be close.
0: It's doable. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah, and that. That rack, that rollover, I was – surprised. I mean, I'm watching that. I was surprised as heck that that happened. That was almost like a NASCAR rollover, you know, where they kind of get the noses under their full speed. It's it's late down the straightaway. You don't see a lot of rolls early in the straightaway, right? You see them down. And, I mean, who – you're talking about who make the call. Who Who is the potential blamey on that one? Is it is it Burdick or is it – who is the other guy that was involved that got – they, they, called,
1: they called it on Timmy. Okay. They And Burdick was, at the time of the rollover, was already ahead of them guys in clear. Yeah. There was a little contact because Timmy slid and, you know, you guys make the call on what you think. It looked to me like that was minimal. But then Brandon Dolman in the zero, which is Les Dolman's kid, he ran good. No oh, worse yeah. than third. All right, This kid's young and, and his worst finish for the whole weekend was third. So he was fast all weekend in that dirt dueler. But him and Timmy got together and it got pretty tight. Now what timmy got lucky on is a wall opening there he just missed that so he could have hit that oh, abrupt yeah. end and that could have been really ugly yeah right for sure
0: yeah so yeah that was a. Uh, I i was i was stunned when i saw that you know happen and i was like i mean i had to hit replay and replay and um yeah i'm just glad everyone's okay because they were full tilt full speed
1: oh yeah so yeah so all right anything else on the king of the dirt Bert, uh, any comments? You watched some of that racing, you know, what was your overall thoughts of uh, the racing at I-94, well, that stock deal, or, or any of the above?
2: Um, well, the super stock deal, um, I mean, those three cars were slicing and dicing for about two laps, and like Puka said, I mean, they're putting their noses underneath the, the rear, I mean, because they're going high and low, and they, they're not afraid to put the nose underneath the rear end of the car, but from what I... And I apologize, I have to use numbers because I'm not familiar with the names yet, Uh, but the 30 car was in the middle and it looked like he going down the back stretch. and he pulled out ahead of those two other cars. And to me, it looked like the car on the outside maybe thought that once that car was out of the way, he could go down low and that car that was down low went high and then they both made contact and... All oh, hell broke lewis
1: <laughs> it sure did and none of them <laughs> lifted because it was the last lap and they wanted that spot and i've raced against all of them except for brandon Doolman because he's pretty young and none of them guys give an inch but fortunately everybody was okay a lot of hurt feelings after that one uh that's again i say super stock racing what it's roller derby on dirt it's a high contact sport right they don't frown on on gouging out there it's actually encouraged and that's just the way it is <laughs>
2: Yeah. But I also want to say that you know I know that you've talked about Sebraski all all year, and uh, so I've never really seen him race before. So I was looking forward to this, and I'm watching it, and you know we're I, we're into the race, and it's like he's in ninth place. This guy's not that good. <laughs> but then at the <laughs> end, there he was, and the good drivers always rise to the top at the end. So and he proved that
1: they do. And watch that B race because he was driving the easy one car in that. And just look at his car control—just incredible, incredible driver.
0: All right, well, we're going to head west out to Kissick's I-80 Speedway down in Nebraska, and we had the I-80 Nationals, which took place of the Knoxville Late Model Nationals Thursday, Friday, Saturday program. Bert, why don't we start with you on this one? Lucas Oil Racing, pretty damn good. So, I mean, that, again, we talked about I-94 is impressive. You know, it's like. Fairbury is impressive. This place continues to impress.
2: Yep. And uh, Tim McCready continues to impress in, uh, in big dollar paying races. Uh, he came out the victor uh, passing Jimmy Mars very late in the race. And, uh, you know, that was, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched it and watched the reaction of the crowd. I mean, the crowd, were, they were on their feet at the end of the race when uh, McCready won that thing. Uh, so you know that that's it's always good to see the crowd get excited at a race, and uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. continues to impress when it, when he's in a late model. Uh, let's get this guy in a late mo- model on a more regular basis. Yeah. And uh, Kyle Strickler again, um, he's really proving, as Ryan says, it's the mod guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean Strickler's proving once again that he deserves to be in the late model ranks. And we were talking last week about, you know, will this win at Eldora catapult, uh, you know, is Jonathan Davenport back? Well, he didn't show it this last weekend with uh, fifteen started 15th and finished 15th. And uh, the other mention I want to make is uh, Jared Landers back in a late model. That was good to see, the 777. And he finished uh, 20th on Saturday night.
1: You know, you talk about boy, Davenport. Boy, boy. He didn't even make the feature the second night.
2: He didn't, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even
1: qualify. So that that just blows me away. Um, B. Shep coming off the win at Fairbury, he goes down there and he can't even crack the top five. No top fives all weekend for for Brandon Shepard, which I thought was interesting. Um, Strickler a first and eighth and a fifth, but Jimmy Owens, uh, even though he came up a little bit short, a fifth, a first, and a second. Now. T Mac is he the only guy? I I feel like I should have this in front of me, and maybe I don't. How many people have won shows more than one show that's paid over thirty grand? Is he oh, the only guy that has a couple crown jewels this year that has multiple, or is there somebody else in there that maybe has two also? Well, it'd be Jimmy
0: if there's anybody, right? I mean, it's got to be Jimmy. If there's I was saying else.
1: Overton, Jimmy. I feel like they all have one. I could be wrong. That was, that'll be something that I'll, I'll put Bird on for a homework. Think about regular all the crown jewels. We'll talk about that next week because there are no crown jewels next week. Just bunch of regular racing, so to, so to speak. But I feel like T Mac is really when it, when the big money shows are on the line. I think he's been a step above.
0: Yeah, who won the the uh, Diamond Nationals? And then what what's the race that goes along with the Diamond National? Oh, the Show Me. Gosh, I can't remember. But I know that Strickler winning Thursday night was the nineteenth different winner in the series this year. So there have been a lot of winners. But of course, about a six hundred-ish or five hundred-ish point lead for Owens over McCready and the you know, so that's not even close. But yeah, you bring up an interesting
1: question there on exactly- and Owens is he's there every night. That guy is he's an incredible driver. He's got a good head on his shoulders, he's very smart but he's got that emotional intelligence where he's just even keeled all the time. You know, you notice with Jimmy, not really high highs, not really low lows. And you think about some of them guys like Davenport and stuff like that, they're volatile. So when things don't go right, maybe that's why they're not quite as consistent. Somebody that's got that demeanor of a Jimmy Owens that really pays off when something, you know, when things are on the line.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the biggest winners, you know, like I said, looking at that crowd, like Bert talked about the enthusiasm, a lot of fist pumping when McCready crossed the line. The biggest winner this weekend might have been the World of Outlaw Late Model Series. They've proven that they can have a couple of big late model events. You know, they have the one in July. Now they've got the one here, middle of September. You know, who knows? Or maybe there ends up being more than one. I, I kind of would doubt that there would be more than one Lucas racist because that's the furthest west they go. But of course, the outlaws come through, they come up into Minnesota, they dip it over into North Dakota. And I know that that has traditionally been in line. And that's kind of where they went from last year was they kind of went there back over to, you know, when it came to North Dakota, then they dropped down into I-80. But they come back over into Iowa and such. You know, the Kasiskis might be looking at this, doing the math, saying, hey, look, we're, we've, we're credible now with the late models. Maybe we can handle, you know, like Cedar Lake with a Masters and a USA Nationals. Maybe we can handle... Two programs instead of just one
1: this was a lucas race though right
0: yeah this was a, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah but i'm just saying you know because the the outlaws have a tendency to come into iowa a little bit more right and of course like i said they come up and do the swing into north dakota too where you know more of that lucas stuff you know seems to be a little bit further east so you know who knows maybe they say hey we can do them both you know they do the sprint show so i know you get a little better deal if you do the late models on the sprints so they proved to themselves that they could do two shows so maybe we'll have to keep an eye on the schedule next and i I don't think any of the drivers are going to complain about going back to i-80
1: no that's late model country too i mean when you talk to siski that's a legendary dirt late model name right and uh so i mean they're going to do what they can to put on some big shows and you know the racing was good and you know i i didn't watch as much of it as i would have liked to but i did catch the highlights i watched the features but uh you know, you're right on the money. They might be able to sneak another big crown jewel type event in there.
2: Anything else, Bert? Uh, no, that's all I have on on that one.
1: All right. So uh, we're going to go
0: up to our preview section in just a minute. But first, we have to thank our friends right here, Dirt Track Supply, home of Aero Chassis. Now, Rod, would you agree with me? Is this the time of year as a racer, looking back to your racing, years, is this the time of year where guys kind of might be thinking, hey, what I'm going to start doing next year. Do they start looking at next year and thinking maybe it's, maybe a chassis change is is
1: in the works. For some, some wait till like February to figure that out and then complain that their chassis builder didn't get them a car in time. Right. (laughs) So you should be thinking about a chassis right now. And, and of course, you know, Trevor, they build a great car, Trevor and Ron Anderson over there. Trevor ran very well all year long at the casino speedway, you know? So yeah, check them guys out and invitational season. They got a double header coming up out there. If you need anything, get a hold of Trevor at Dirt Track Supply over in Watertown, and uh, he'll take care of you. They got about everything that you can imagine. If they don't have it in stock, they can get it, right? So uh, they do a great job over in Watertown, South Dakota.
0: All right. Yes, thank you, Ryan. Perfect. And thank you, DirtTrackSupply.com. All right. So we want to start with Eldora and the Sprints, the governor's reign.
1: Yeah, I was talking to my buddy Keith, and he's excited. I mean, he's the car cones last week for the World of Outlaws. They weren't very good; they were low twenties. He, but Keith he said, "Hey, here's the deal: it's going to be it's going to be good this week because I believe it's ten grand to win the like fifty-two thousand to win pay per view, no fans. It's on flow, but anybody that's anybody in sprint cars is there. I mean, it's going to be outstanding racing, and then that's immediately followed by." three world of all races back to back to back within a couple hours away over on that side pennsylvania i think over in that area so there's five nights in uh, the first two nights are all-star sprints the next three nights are world of Outlaws. but i'm guessing you're going to see big car counts at all of the events awesome the question right, is uh kyle larson gonna steal another big one
0: well, he's. If I was a betting guy, I know who I put my money on. It'd be Kyle Larson. <laughs> well, let, let's just Bert? make the
2: pick. Let's just make the picks here. You took Kyle Larson, Bert. Do I get to pick Kyle Larson also? <laughs> sure, you can pick
1: Kyle. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be probably a little bit foolish here, right? Because everybody should pick Kyle Larson. But you know who I'm gonna pick? I'm gonna pick Brad Sweet. He's leading the points. He's got an eight point lead right now. I'm going to pick him to upset Kyle Larson and get it done um, for 52 grand to win on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh that's a big one. So good luck to all the competitors and thankfully Eldora. I mean, you know, this, this might be it for Eldora for the year then, huh? I
1: think
0: so. I mean, it's something. So. Yeah. I Probably. Mean, yeah. You know, it'll kind of be, it'll be uh, the, uh checkered flag for them for the season. All right. Moving on. Uh we'll, Oh, Oh, Well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Woo Sprints.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this five nights in a row. They got the two nights, like I said, the all-star sprints at Eldora. And and then those three World of Outlaw shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're all only a couple hours away. They're all, like, right there. So, really, there's five full nights of racing within a decent driving distance for the Sprint Car guys. Okay. And then the Woo Lates in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's nothing major going on. You know, just the, both the Blue and the Lucas, they just got a couple of their so-called regular 10, 10 12 grand to win shows. You know, it's a Friday, Saturday for both of them this week, for the World of Outlaw Late Models and the Lucas Oil Late Models. Down south, a place where you can see, you know, some of the southern guys, maybe a Dale McDowell, is they got the Cotton Pick 100 at the MAG. Um, so I think you're going to see most of your regional guys there. This is going to be one of them weekends where you got the Lucas guys are at the Lucas race. The World of Outlaw guys are at the World of Outlaw race. The Southern region guys are at that race. It's going to be pretty spread out. I'm expecting, you know, my buddy Jeff said realistically 25 to 35 cars at each one. You're not going to see huge car counts at any of these, but you're going to be able to see a whole lot of racing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I'd say. I'd say like an Overton, I'd put him at Magnolia. I like said, Dale McDowell at the mag. Uh, probably Madden at the mag, you know, something like that. And then again, yeah, then you're having yeah. Lucas, Regis. No, now that that Lucas race is actually the Jackson 100. So okay. I, I don't know. I guess I didn't really look that one might be, did you look at the purses that one might be 15 to win? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. But 15. It's not one yeah, of the
1: a, 20, 30, 40. Right. It's not one of those, but yeah, it's, it might be a little bit more than the normal 12, but not
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little pizzazz. And I think it's at the winner is, 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 is all. All right, the 49th annual Stock Car Stampede, Jamestown, North Dakota, 49th annual. So we better plan on getting there next year for the 50th. We'll have to do the 50th (laughs) World. We'll have to do the 50th in Jamestown. We're going to. Burke, we're gonna have to start telling the spouses now. We're gonna be on the road a lot next fall.
2: <laughs> well, you better get the budget up for the show too, then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, like I said, that that diecast is gonna help a lot. I mean, ten thousand dollar <laughs> advertiser gets a free diecast. It's a pretty nice one. It's an original piece. You know. Go ahead, Ry. You've raced this. I watched you race. I watched you win the Stampede about two ninety nine two thousand. That was probably the last time I was there. I,
1: I got a couple wins out there. Kind of a funny story. And uh, he might not, well, we laugh about it now, but I I may have been a little bit of Tyler Urbish back in the day myself. When things went wrong, I kind of TV up here. I'm giving a guy crap about wrecking a guy in a racetrack, right? And uh, one night, so I won the Stampede twice out there in the super stocks. And I was racing against Dustin Strand, who is the NLRA champion this year. Hell of a race car driver. The guy's, uh, he's up in the top five, as you can see in our power rankings. The guy's, he's going to be there this weekend well, we're out there battling for the lead with Todd Carter, and in my eyes, what happened is Dustin Strand spun out Carter, and I was coming through, and I hit the brake so hard, it broke my brake pedal off, and I got hit, and it bent my stub, and I was, like, mad. I'm like, I'm mad. I'm racing for a national championship. My car weekend's done, right? And uh, I, I, I approached him on the scales, and I'm like, like, I should take you outside and, like, kick your ass. Like, I, I was pissed. Like, I was mad, right? And he, and he, did, he does one of these deals here. Like, i'm like now i'm really mad and he pulls up he turns the car and i hold the throttle wide open so joanne at jamestown if you're watching this i did it okay and i didn't get kicked out thank god nobody saw it but i teed him up wide open with the four-wheeler and i smoked into his quarter panel i spun around i folded his quarter panel into the deck tin and all the way into the fuel cell and his eyes got like that big and like they, he wanted to get me kicked out, but no official sod. And I'm like, I'm done anyway. I'm leaving. But uh, I ended up winning the national points that year. And that could have been a potential suspension if somebody would have seen it. So yeah, I, I was a little bit nervous about that. I'm like, I'm oh, God dang. I'm hoping so nobody has a camera or hopefully nobody saw that deal because I teed them up good. But uh, I would say that this year, I know that Provenzino's going out there. I know that Massingale's going out there as well. Um, both of them, probably's looking pretty good in that new car. By the way, he he was pretty racy. He was in the top five for the better part of the feature. Slipped back to seventh at the end. Um, Massengill, he's been really good all year long. But in my eyes, the odds-on favorite to win out there has to be Dustin Strand yeah. to maybe double up out there at the Stampede. He's been really good. I'm going with Shell. You, you go with the Cole Schill or, okay, I was going to say Lance Shill or Cole Shill. So you're going to go with Cole Shill. I'm going to go with Cole Shill, I think. Yeah,
0: yep. gonna, I think he won it last year. Now, I, well, actually, they're doing two shows this year. I think they it's just are. the first time. They, they are.
1: Go, yeah, two complete shows, 2K to win, 250 to start. Pretty decent deal. Yep, yep. And better for the fans, better for the drivers for sure. Bert, several of the people that you saw at I-94 are going to be there. Who, who's your pick to win and old at ODAC, Jamestown?
2: Uh, will Searing be there? Ooh. Oh, I think he's Ooh. gonna go to
1: Watertown.
2: Yeah, probably okay. That. Um
1: That's a good pick though. <laughs> my dark horse, my dark horse in that deal is Massingill. That's my dark horse.
0: Well, uh, he was just gonna pick Massingill.
1: You can have Massingill,
2: you can take Massingill. <laughs> I'll take
1: Massingill. <laughs> I, mean, I that's not a dumb pick. I mean he's new, he's got one win, but he's got a pile of top threes and fours uh the, he's had a really good invitational season for sure so so puka's got cole schill i schill, got strand yeah. you have jeffrey massingill and uh i'm not sure if it's being streamed if it is we'll post it on the page i think maybe darn tv but i'm not sure um but uh hopefully because there's some good racing out there in jamestown north dakota
0: yeah i'm a bit surprised Massengill i am but i'm not and once i thought about it i'd heard he was going out that way and again just like going to Fergus, you know, he has so many laps on Cedar Lake, this, you know, this year, and of course, we're going to preview Cedar Lake here in a minute, so I'm thinking he's going to go to Cedar Lake, but then I thought more about it and said, well, he's he's selling cars now, so, I mean, you got to kind of move around a little bit when you're selling cars, too, so, uh, but at first, when I first he heard sells, it, I thought.
1: He sells in kryptonites. I was asking yeah. about that. A kryptonite roller, top of the line, their best deal that they got, their kryptonite roller is less than a beamon What? Yes. <laughs> The Labor's that cheap in
0: West Virginia <laughs> is
1: less than a B mod. So racers, if you're wondering, man, should I get a B mod? No, Hot Carlos, that class sucks. So no, you should not get. A B-mod. <laughs> so the fact is, though, you don't. I mean, I I was blown away. Like they, they're uh, Freddie Carpenter and Tyler Carpenter. They're like, we know what it costs to race. We don't have a big budget. We don't believe in a forty fifty thousand dollar roller. We don't believe in that. And guess what? Then Kryptonites have been bolted. Carpenter obviously both them win races. Masson goes. Been most consistently up front with a kryptonite. You you don't need that forty, fifty thousand dollar race car. Nothing against them cars, but you know there's a lot of money being thrown around. Maybe it's not necessary to do so. So a little shout out for kryptonite by Jeffrey
0: Massingill. Wow, very impressive. That is, that's shocking. Oh, I mean, all right. Uh, so then we talked a little bit about the aforementioned casino speedway, but uh, it sounds like just regular purse. I mean, I was looking for some purse deals this and I said purse to be announced.
1: They, they enhanced it. And uh, I'm going on world oh. tour, the one to go show world tour. So I'm in my home away from home here for the next couple of weeks and uh, getting her all cleaned up and I'm heading West. I'm going to casino. Oh, uh, sweet. And I get to do, I get to be the announcer out there for the, I don't even. I've even. I don't even know what it's called here. You can look up what's it called. It's I, called the Autumn Classic. The Autumn Classic. The Autumn third angle. So, but they enhanced <laughs> the purse. I believe it's going to be. It's a little bit enhanced on Friday, and it's a pretty good purse there on Saturday. Not huge, but I believe it's fifteen hundred to win. Um, I think it's going to be uh, twelve hundred. I think to win for the modified. So they enhanced everything up there, and uh, I'm going to go visit my friend, uh, our friend Trevor, over at Dirt Track Supply. So we'll give you guys a little uh, a little inside look of dirt track supply when I'm out there. I'll make sure that I do that. And, you know, I'm excited to get out there. I haven't been out to that place. We've watched a lot of it. we talked a lot about that. It's the baddest bullring ring in the Midwest. I mean, that's a turn and burn up on the wheel. High side hustling, diamond crossovers, a little bit of carnage. Excited to get out there to the Casino Speedway. And, Bert, I'm going to let you pick first because you've already mentioned his name. All right. I'll let you pick first on who you think's going to win the late
2: models. Um, I'll take Cole Searing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Cole Searing for 300, please. Yes. Cole Searing. Okay. All right. So yeah,
1: you're taking Cole Searing. That's a hell of a pick. He's been on it. Um, but I don't know who's all going to be out there, but I'm going to, I don't even know if he's going to be there. I have a bad habit of picking people that don't show up. Right. But if he's there, I think the another guy is Tyler McDonald, both of them rookies. I'm going to take the five M.
0: All right, boy. I I would pick Trevor Anderson, but I think he's gonna to be too busy selling parts with all those cars there. So I'm gonna go with that, uh Scorseski.
1: Oh, Josh Scorzesci. Yep, Scorzesci. Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Scorzesci. Okay. He's no. Oh so, yeah. He's no. And then sludge. you got then of course you got the Wards. You got Becker, right? You got. I mean, there'll be a good field of cars out there for sure. Get Arment, doing, yeah, Gelling. I mean, yep. Yeah, I'm trying to get Brokings to head there with the mod and uh, or with the mods. And uh, we'll see what happens there. So, hopefully, uh, I have some local flavor out there as well.
0: All right, yeah. And then the fall frenzy at Cedar Lake, kind of a new event taking the place. They jumped on the weekend now that uh, the Punky Manor, you know, Menominee's been closed, Red Cedar Speedway. So, uh, what, 3,500 to win for late miles on that one, 300 to start. So, another solid purse. I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering now. <laughs> that's what I thought of during this week. Did anybody just – you think they just let some people leave their holler there for the week?
1: Uh, Park them, leave no, it,
0: take your car home?
1: There is nobody leaving their hauler at that place. I can tell you there's, yeah, no, they're, they're taking it home. They're getting it dialed in, come back and have another run at this deal. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is a one and done deal. They've already announced that, you know, when, when the whole COVID deal is done and we get back to life as we knew it, the Punky Manor Challenge of Champions will take place at the Red Cedar Speedway next year. This event will no longer be an event, right? This is just kind of a, something they put together with the folks. I think the folks in Menominee. Um, helped. Uh, I think they kind of worked together to make this event happen. So I, I, I know jenny Mars was involved with it, but uh, I'm just gonna. I'm I'm taking first. And I'm taking Jesse glens
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Go ahead, Bert.
2: <laughs> um, I will take Giassi. <laughs>
0: oh gosh, you two. Well,
1: you know Puka, what, Puka you want the field?
2: Nelson, then. I was going to say, Puka, <laughs> yeah, you want the field? All
1: right. He'll yeah, take, yeah, take Giasi. I'll take Glenn's. You can have everybody else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Daryl Nelson. Like I said, he's been running good. At this peak of the weekend, he cracks it. I mean, it's it's almost like it's bound to happen. So I want him to win. That's
1: that's exciting. who I'm cheering for. Don't get me wrong. I like the other guys, too. But I'm a homer. He's a homie. He's one of our guys from up north. Daryl's a great guy. I want Daryl Nelson to win. So that's what I'm cheering for. But if he beats the 7X and 11, I'm telling you, he's doing something right because them two are bolted at Cedar Lake. Well,
0: well, and hopefully, you know, last weekend with that legendary, they got, you know, screwed in a way because, of course, the Dirt Kings had that race, which is not typical. So maybe some of those guys. Mike Mullins, if you're listening, take that late model and get to Cedar Lake so we can see your race a little bit more. Well,
2: actually... (laughs) All right, and then... uh, Actually, Dirt Kings has a race at Wilmot next or on Saturday night, so... Is that this Saturday or is it the (laughs) following week? Oh, you're right, you're right. It's the third. You're right. Yeah, it's the same weekend as the Red Play Classic. Yep, yep, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's what I thought. So so is that when they're going to finally name the points champ in that deal
2: for the dirt kings Bert? yeah it'll yeah. be after after the wilmot race that's okay. the last race for dirt kings.
0: okay so that that is the final race okay yes okay
2: i didn't realize they went so late in the year Jeez, oh
0: man well norm-
2: okay. normally they so, don't all go right and late, then- but 2020 has been a strange year <laughs> All
0: right, so last night I got some racing in, guys. I went to the Bemidji Speedway. Been wanting to get there all year. We've talked about a little bit on here. It was like turning the back, uh, the clock back 20 years. Yeah, exactly. You know, cor- uh, chicken at the chicken shack, the same boardwalk when you walk in. The <laughs> grandstands are 40 years old. Nothing's changed. Uh, the flag man, you know, no safety material. There's not even a glass, you know. He's just in shorts, no uniform, no fluorescent colors. Uh, still taking pictures of every driver when they win. You know, and, and I just found out about this event from the Carlson's in Grand Rapids. They said, well, we're going to go race at the Prelude next weekend. I said, what Prelude? He said, well, Prelude to the Stampede. So I was at the Prelude last night. So the aforementioned Prelude to the Stampede will be held Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend at the Bemidji Speedway, a long-running event. I, I think the last time I went to that was in 1997. I saw Joel Pravo race in like a Pittman's race, race Jeff Tardy or John Tardy. It might have even been John Tardy at that time racing in a super stock in like a Pittman's race. So that was a lot of fun that night, freezing cold back in 1997. Uh, and then also uh, Jim Falls, are they racing two days, Ryan, or one?
1: Yeah, they're running, I believe, Friday, Saturday over there. They, they actually had it planned before Cedar Lake did, but didn't announce nothing. And the day Cedar Lake announced their event, the next day Jim Falls announced theirs. So, yeah, oh, so yeah. they got the Stampede in Bemidji. You got Eagle Eagle Valley Speedway in Jim Falls, Wisconsin. The big ones in my mind are Casino, Jamestown, Cedar Lake are kind of the big ones in our area. You know, hopefully the nether shows do good. What was the crowd like in Bemidji? Was it was they a pretty good crowd? It was, you know,
0: it was good. And I was talking with John from DRC. And I said, "What, what's this, you know, you come here every week. He said, this crowd is light compared to most weeks. And, you know, you turn around, of course, you can smell that chicken in the stands, right, right, the whole night. You know, and I'm sitting directly, you know, it's kind of peeking back, like it's right behind me there was always a line. There was always people there, but you know, it just, there's something about it that it was just simple. You know, they had eight classes, eight classes, you know, on this little quarter mile. But the amazing thing on that little quarter mile, they, they, in most classes strung out pretty fast. We had Brian vital and another gentleman, I don't know who he was, race side by side in the supers in the heat it was pretty good. The mods, they had seven, the sprints put on a pretty good show. They had 12, the renegade, you know, renegade sprints, but um, but yeah, and he said the crowds have been good, but they start at four o'clock. And when you have a chicken tr- uh, shack that sells great chicken and now shrimp, if you get people there at, you know, you, if people know that say, well, heck, let's go to the races. We'll see supper there. So they, I guess, sounds like they've had a really good year. Flagmen well, on both like... sides of the track, Ryan. Oh, really? <laughs> two flag stands, two flag stands. <laughs> yeah. Really? Flag really? Both the- yeah. Right where the traffic light is on the back, stretch is now a flag stand too. He's over there waving his flag.
1: I said, you got to go.
0: It's like just checking the place out. It's It, it brings you back in time.
1: I've made I a few laps around the – The atmosphere, the- the, the atmosphere there is pretty laid back. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a unique place. Mm-hmm. People have a lot of fun there. I mean, if you're looking for like epic racing like Fairbury, not your place, right? But if you're looking for a, <laughs> a fun atmosphere with some great chicken, go to the Bemidji Speedway.
0: Yeah, you're right. A very simple and very enthusiastic crowd. And they did the the boxcar racing with the kids, you know, so it, like I said, I'm, I'm glad I went. I'm going to make a goal of trying to get out there at least once a year here going forward. All right. Speaking of going forward, we are going to get into the last lap segment where we have one to go. Darren Pittman the, <laughs>
1: announces his retirement and gets her done, Ryan. Yeah. You know, he's, he had a long career. I mean, he's won some races. He's never been the guy, but uh, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, he announced that he's going to go on a limited schedule next, next year. And uh, he's, he's out at that. I don't remember even who he drives for, but he's out there. And then he went out and he got her done this weekend. So hats off to Darren Pittman.
0: Yeah. And you know, he is an Oklahoma boy. So, you know, winning uh, back at home, that was pretty cool. Uh, You want to
1: give us a little update on the points? Yeah, Shuhart won, and then Sweet is up by eight. So, I mean, you still have less than 10 points. You know, they've separated themselves now. There was a time when all top five were within 100 points or less, but now it's like 94, 96 points separating first and third. So, um, Brad Sweet, eight points up on Logan Shuhart. Not a lot of racing left, but it's going to come down to the wire just like last year, except last year it was Brad Sweet and Donnie Schatz. This year, Brad Sweet, Logan Schuhart—it's going to get interesting.
0: (laughs) All right, we touched on Kyle Larson just a little bit already.
1: Yeah, you know, my again, my my buddy Keith said, "Hey, here's the deal: all this guy does—if there's a twenty grand to win show, just just write the check, just get the big check done, give it to Kyle Larson, tell him to sit out, so that everybody else can go out and race and and pretend like they won." And uh, he just won another twenty grand to win show, and I believe. Counting the late model deal, I think that's 40 on the year for him, isn't it? It's either 39 or 40 on the year. And, uh, again, the one-to-go show would like to give an official thank you to NASCAR for being stupid (laughs) and taking him out so that we can have the joy of watching this immensely talented guy race on dirt, which is way better than asphalt anyway.
0: (laughs) You know, I just looked it up. I thought this. So Pittman was actually the 2013 World of Outlaw – Champion. And then I think that's when, after that, that's when shots went on the run 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And then Brad Sweet wins it in 19. So I think I I looked through, but I knew I thought Pittman had won one in there. All right. We had the uh, butterball going on over the weekend.
1: Who wants to take that? Mike Marlar got it done. And, And he's been fast. I mean, a couple races. I don't remember where it was. But I uh, mean, we'd, we'd have to look. But he was battling for the lead. He won one just a little while back, didn't he? Or it was at least in the contention to win one. But yeah, he won the twenty, just over twenty thousand. It was some other numbers in there, but twenty thousand for Marlar and uh, Ricky Weiss got second. So a solid run for our friend from north of the border.
2: Well, are we go ahead, Bert. Well, I was just gonna, did Bloomquist go to that race?
1: No, Bloomquist was at another one. And oh, okay, Ponderosa. Okay.
2: Yeah, I was looking for him in the rundown seven. and I thought he didn't even make the feature there because I thought he was going to the butterball. Okay, yeah, yeah my buddy right. Jeff actually did send season. that to
1: me. He did send that to me and he said Bloomquist got seven. Yeah,
2: okay,
0: no, Bloomquist got second at Pond. Well, at least on Saturday night, I don't know where he was Friday, but there was a race. Well, maybe on Friday, maybe it was Friday. Yeah, I, I think he might have raced two different times, but there was some 5,000 to win race. And I caught the end of it on a Facebook live, actually on the Bloomquist racing Facebook group had it. And I was just thumbing through and caught the last five or so. And he, he was not contending for the lead. He was, he was five or six car lengths back last of a guy I'd never heard of. Sounds like a local hot shoe. So okay. um, at least that was Saturday night. Um, I and then this, you know, a you know, Yep. Go ahead. You know, this butterball. you know, we're talking about car counts, you know, 20,000, so Cedar Lake 3000 to win 19 cars, the butterball. Twenty thousand to win, thirty-six cars. So you know, it's just—I don't know what it is. You know, uh, you know, as far as just trying to get some of these guys out. But you know, thirty-six so,
1: cars for twenty grand. There was a race call at Lake Cumberland, Battle of the Bluegrass, and I okay, didn't okay. see it. I don't even know if it was streamed. Ryan King—he won that. That's actually where Bloomquist got seventh. So that might've been maybe the Friday night deal. Cause you said Bloomquist actually got second on Saturday. Second
0: on Saturday. Yeah. That's a good run. He was running the the top, running right against the wall. Yeah. I suppose he's got to go to some of these shows. He's got to win. He's like Daryl Nelson. He's got to win a race. I mean, how many years? 80 was the last time he didn't win a race. 85, 84, 86. I don't know. He won the 88 world 100. We know that's on t-shirts. So, you know, what right. how far back do you go? I mean, he's got to get a win. He's right. going to be at Cedar yeah. Lake this weekend. I'm starting to rule it. Well, he'll, he'll <laughs> do what so he crazy. did at the end of the
1: year. He'll be he'll be picking cherries to get one done in November somewhere <laughs> down there or whatever. And uh, the thriller, Cade Dillard, he won the dirt on the rev race down there, the Mississippi I State Championship that. deal. So, he's yep, – uh, yep, exactly. but now, I think that was kind of like a home state. He's from Mississippi or Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. So, So he's a southern boy anyway, but now he's coming. He's going to be racing World of Ultron stuff this weekend.
0: Hey, you know who a former Louisiana dirt state track champion is, right, Ryan? What's that? You know who a former Louisiana dirt late model state track champion is, don't you? Mr. Thunder himself. Nesbitt is? Oh, back in like 93. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ask him about it. Ask him about it. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day when he used to race all year
2: the yeah, town cat
0: yeah, mr thunder yeah
1: <laughs> that's where dillard learned everything from i absolutely <laughs> that's, that's where we all learned some of the stuff i was talking about like hitting people with a four-wheeler yelling at people yeah. i learned all that there. in fact yelling at people yeah you're <laughs> talking about crazy stuff <laughs> did you did you see that i'll play the little clip right here you know people can kind of watch what's going on as we're talking about it but uh that gustin family's a little bit rowdy they're a little bit rowdy i know jenny gustin used to be the brawler at the racetrack and things went wrong you just knock you out that was that was gustin so their their younger sister Janae, and uh she's got a pile of wins i mean in the in the sport mod i don't know if she raced much this year but she's won a lot of races evidently uh, as you can see on the video that we just showed she didn't like the call that she got uh was a little bit upset and then she went in and voiced her displeasure and looks like maybe something was said. I heard rumors, but I don't have fact behind all the rumors on what was said. But next thing you know, she's throwing haymakers at the official in the infield. I'm like, wow. And she, she posted a public apology today, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm CA. They're technically, they're usually pretty strict on that kind of stuff. So I don't know if she's going to get suspended or what. But uh, yeah, Janae Gustin, she got, uh, she was a little feisty down there in Marshalltown. Did you guys see that?
2: Yeah, and in her apology, she, uh, I mean, she she says that she's expecting to be suspended, and she's expecting IMCA to uh, come down hard on her.
0: Yeah, I had no idea it was a female competitor. I just kind of saw somebody walk up and then start throwing haymakers, and I saw the 141 sign, so I thought it was in Wisconsin <laughs> at that track, and you guys are talking about this incident at Marshalltown. I'm like, what and you're like, incident?
1: it's Wisconsin, of course, it's Wisconsin, yeah. They're a little crazy in Wisconsin anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm like, what incident are these guys talking about? It was hap- clearly happened at 141, so I was all confused. But, yeah, uh, all over something common on a race receiver, right? That's...
1: Well, there's, oh, there's no. different stories going yeah. around. Sounds to me like she was battling for the lead, contact was made, the call went on her, right? And that's what I understand. I wish I had video footage of that. There might be something out there. We'll see if we can maybe find it. Um, but the fact is, from what I heard from some people, is they kind of been jacking her around a little bit. And I don't know the whole story. I mean, I know I know the Gustin name, of course. That's the Reaper, Ryan Gustin's sister, right? You know, so he's a he's a throttle jockey himself. But the fact is, um, yeah, I, it looked to me like something was said in the infield. Cause she started getting a little hot and heavy there. And then all of a sudden he said something and then she just went straight at him. So I don't know if it was said over the receiver or if it was just said in the infield, but I may have had that kind of aggression, a time or two myself. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. And to wrap up a uh, bird, some comments on Sam, Sam Mayer.
2: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I know, uh, this is a dirt show, but I just wanted to uh, give kudos to, uh, Sam Mayer, 17, uh, from Southern Wisconsin. Uh, he races for JR Motorsports in uh, in NAS, in the NASCAR world, he won the truck series race at Bristol, uh, well, about a week ago. And, uh, it comes just shortly after he was hired by JR Motorsports to race next year in the Xfinity Series. Uh, so, uh, it's a Wisconsin driver uh, who is definitely going places. He also won the ARCA event uh, that was run after the Truck Series race. So, he had a very successful time at Bristol, and uh, I don't know a lot about him. He is the son of a former IndyCar driver, though, uh, Scott Mayer. So, uh Former IndyCar driver and road racing driver. So, uh, congratulations to him, and uh, we're expecting big things from him. (laughs) Yeah, and that brings me back
0: to what we when we started the show. You know, we're those dirt late models seem to be really struggling in Wisconsin. We got a guy like this, gonna race for Junior. Who's the other gentleman from Wisconsin that's that's racing trucks right now, Bert?
2: Um, the
0: young kid. I'm yeah, sorry. I can't Wait. think
2: of his name now.
0: Yeah. The uh, one you interviewed. Anyway, you know, he's. Derek Krause. Derek Krause. Yeah, yeah. So he's in, you know, of course, we all know Kansas from Wisconsin. So all these asphalt guys, you know, asphalt driving is clearly been alive and well for the last 20 years in Wisconsin. And like I said, Ryan, Cedar Lake used to be the king of late models. And it's just slowly, there's a slow trickle. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it's an issue that, that I don't ever really have any answers for. And I don't know. If I don't even know if people really knew there was a problem till so maybe we've brought it out recently, but something's going to need to be done sooner than later, or it's going to be an extinction thing.
1: Well, I mean, and the thing is that I really don't understand with Cedar is there's people that live right there that didn't even race. Right. And I, I don't know what, why or whatever, that's their own deal, but Hannisteds don't live far away. They're in Boyceville. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it's not far from the Cedar Lake Speedway. and They just, in fact, I, I believe, I don't know this for sure, but I think they were there watching. So oh, I think wow. they went there and watched, and they didn't bring their car. So, you know, so you take a look at some of the young guys. You got Glenns, you got Giassi. You know, of course, Buddy Hannistead's a young guy, right? You got Gunnar Frank, you know, that's on the other side. You know, so there, there is some young guys over there. It's spread out all over the place. There's a whole bunch of young guys coming up. But when you start seeing an event like that, You know, the the legendary 100, and they can't even get 24 late models. I mean, come on. So what does that tell you? That tells you that they they really got to maybe take a closer look and work with the drivers here. Don't just have a knee-jerk reaction and change the rule, but they got to work with the drivers to figure out maybe we got to start pulling some people in from different directions, you know, to fill this field up. Right, you know, yeah,
0: no, well, no Iron Range cars, no Twin Sport cars besides Budislavich. I
1: mean, you can't, well, Darryl. and then Daryl, and Daryl, yeah, so well, Budislavich from... is uh, Minnea he's from Minneapolis. I, I guess, yeah, technically, yeah, so cars, I mean, he's an reason. hour, from, you know, so he's right yeah. there. So, I, yeah, the Lillos weren't down there, uh, no Peterland, no Kittner, um, you know, so I, I just, I really don't know, no Zach Wallers, you know, none of the northern cars really, Massingill and, and uh, Jeff Provenzino, they went to Fergus, right? um, yeah, and then when you look the other and direction. Derek Vessel went to Fergus. Derek Vessel went to Fergus. And you go that other direction, though, and, and there how many people, if you take a line down Wisconsin, right, you take Cedar Lake, and then you take Menominee, and if you go just, say, like 40 miles east, and then you draw a line straight north, right, and I'm talking like less than an hour, is there any drivers from that direction that even come over towards Cedar Lake? They're all from like right around Menominee, Cedar Lake, in between there, a couple from the cities, one from Duluth, and that's yeah, Winona, where they all go. Winona.
0: Yeah, Winona. Yeah, yeah, Winona, you
1: know, so straight down on the left-hand side there. There's there's really, and all the guys that are on the other side of the state, they, they stay over there. So, but I mean, it's not just there. I mean, they had a good car count in Fergus, decent, you know, 34 or 33 or whatever they had. But the fact is, uh, the NLRA guys, there's a good solid 20 cars up in that area. None of them came, right? Just just a couple, a couple guys from South Dakota. Why? Why? I just don't understand it. I mean, I I mean, you buy a late model of all classes that costs that much. You got these big haulers, and then they they drive three miles to the racetrack. I never understood that late late models more than anything. You go and they buy this $250,000 stacker trailer with a big coach. They bitch about the purse nonstop. And they don't leave home. It's like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, why don't you get an open trailer? Like, you don't even freaking need a tire rack. Like, literally, you need a flatbed. You're driving across the street to the racetrack. You don't need all this stuff, right? You're just trying to look cool. Like, oh, look at me. Look what I got. You know, people, people, I laugh at those people right i laugh at those people because they show up and they're like oh look at all the stuff i got i'm like that's cool you use that hauler like three times this year congratulations right
0: that's interesting we were talking earlier about that world dirt racing league i think that's what it was wdra world dirt racing league and i remember they came to superior one year ace i'm pickup truck extended cab open trailer and like there were like four guys and troy powers in the pits i'm like troy you know a lot of these guys like oh yeah i've watched them all these years in iowa i said look at they're just traveling and pickups. Like, well, oh, they all do that. You know, like I said, yeah, then you looked at all the Wasoda guys and I mean I saw one of those total homes on Facebook recently, three hundred and eighty-four thousand or
1: something like look beautiful. Oh, yeah, you gotta gotta keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. And and that's why I just played the clip here. Okay, I just showed the clip on the if you if you're listening to this, you gotta jump on and look at this, right? Another reason I'm a Jesse Glens fan. Scamper nation, baby, right? He's got a <laughs> a 26 28 foot enclosed trailer nothing special pretty basic with a pickup truck with a camper on the top of it here at the labor day shootout right you know he's not pulling in with his big and guess what he goes to cedar lake and he makes everybody look stupid so (laughs) i love it i love it now speaking of keeping up with the joneses i forgot to mention this ron jones was at the legendary 100 modify. i think he got seventh in one of the qualifiers i didn't see how he did the rest of the way you know it's been a long time since he drove but that guy's won a ton of races. I completely spaced out the fact that Ron Jones was behind the wheel.
0: Yeah, that was totally cool. I did see that. I did see that. So, all right, guys, anything else? No,
2: that's it. You guys
1: going racing this weekend? Bert, you going anywhere?
2: Uh, No, I'm not going anywhere this weekend. Yeah, you're going to casino. I don't know. Like I said, there's the stampede going on.
0: If I was to go anywhere, like I said, I wasn't really expecting to go this past weekend, but I did. So, you know
1: who knows go show world tour baby we're heading to the casinos anyway <laughs> watertown south dakota puka i tell you you make the trip out there you know come on out well, we'll i'll introduce you in person to trevor right come on out there we've been talking about this boat ring. it's really i don't think it's much further if any further to casino than it is to jamestown you know so you might as well come to yeah. you know come to a soda race instead of the imca stuff up there right you know, so come awesome. on. It, it warmer. One night of each, right? I can... You could. It's warmer. Yeah. Too, I could even right? do one I mean, night of each. You can, you can go to Jason first and then down because yeah. you're looking at 100 plus miles south. I mean, it's, it's warmer in Watertown than it will be up there. And for the race <laughs> fans, if you're not going anywhere this weekend, jump on Dirt Race Central. Casino Speedway will be on Dirt Race Central. Um, Cedar Lake Speedway will be on Dirt Race Central. So you'll be able to watch both of those. Uh, the Bemidji Stampede that we talked about will be on Dirt Race Central. Watch DRC for all that stuff. And then, of course, if you're watching the National Series, there'll be plenty of uh, late model and modif- or late model and sprint car racing online as well. So grab your popcorn, buckle up, watch some racing, and uh, we'll be bringing you a good show next week.
0: All right. And then just one final announcement, race fans. So I, myself, Puka, if you're listening on the podcast, I will not be consistently joining the one to go show. We've grown so much. We're going to be actually spawning out and starting another show. Uh, So it'll be Bert and Ryan weekly manning the show. I'll still be making occasional appearances here and there, uh, but weekly I will not be on the show. So uh, just watch the Facebook page, you know, keep the podcast going. We're going to make some announcements here. As to uh, another show that'll be coming up in a week or two. We don't exactly have the timing on, on it. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And with we're that, growing. We'll sign we're, up. Growing. we're growing. We're growing. We're growing. Yeah. We're growing. <laughs> oh, and like I said, I wanted to say this to you, thank you so much for your support. We had over 15,000 views uh, this week with. Uh, well, you know, we're almost close to 16 really at the last number I got, because when I looked at the podcast numbers it's kind of puts us, I think we can say, we can say slightly over as of recording over 16,000 views this past week of everything Ryan did and the show and in the interview we did with Turnbull. Uh, that was a great interview with Aaron. Thank you for joining us, Aaron. So, you know, we just can't thank you enough. We are growing and we appreciate all of you, you know, and you know, as much as we complain about some of these late model numbers and racy and all in all, I think is healthy. And, you know, like I said, like, like this weekend, you got a lot of racing going. On. You got Jim Falls, you got Cedar Lake, you've got Casino, you've got Bemidji, you've got Jamestown. I mean, it's, it's getting to be the end of what's well, the first day of fall today. So we're officially into fall. You got five different places and just a few states to race. So that's good. So anyway, we just wanted to make sure we thanked all of you for all your support and, and sticking with us and, and enjoying the One to Go show. All right. So we'll sign off here. Get out there and be your dream. Thanks again, everyone. You are tuned to the One to Go show.